You're now listening to Cinco Squad. It's another episode of Cinco Squad. What's going on, everyone? My name is Jonathan. With me are my boys, Trey Day, Grandpa J, and Mike A. Fellas, how you doing tonight? Doing well. alive. Thank you, man. Kicking it. Yeah, I have an apartment. Yeah, yeah. Mike, Mike has an apartment. Got the keys Yay. officially. Party at Mike's house. Party at Mike's house. Seriously, there's room. There's plenty of room. We will put the address right here, so make sure. No, you no, stop you will not by do that on nope. Saturday. It's going to be a nope. raver. <laughs> nope, nope, not. See what you're not going to do is that. <laughs> I, I feel like we're all party. exhausted this week. I mean, yeah, it's been a long week. It's been a long, long week, honestly. I mean, you especially, like, man, <laughs> you're I'm running less than a half right hour. Now. Yeah, less than a half hour of sleep and uh, still kicking right now. So, Jay, I know you had a long weekend. How was the, how was the meets and everything? Yeah, it went well. Luckily, we had no weather delays, so we're in and out. A little bit of a smaller meet because the politics down here is real right now in swimming. So I kind of felt bad for the hosts. You're supposed to have first dibs on if you have a calendar event. And they contacted the host and said, hey, another team wants to do a meet, which was a very last-minute pop-up. What do you, Like, what do you say? And they're like, no, we don't want that to happen. And they were like, oh, well, we're still going to probably have them do it. So he's like, why did you call me in the first place? <laughs> but fortunately for them, I think that cut the participation down. For us, it was okay because it shortened the afternoon session. So instead of me getting out there at 4, I was out of there by 2.30. But the oh, kids yeah. did okay, man. We had a couple qualifiers, some very happy kids who have been trying for a while to make their – Championship qualifying time, so we gravy and awesome, the marathon. Awesome. Congratulations, to them. <laughs> yes, sir. You got, you got a couple more months, and then it slows down for real. But yeah, I mean, we had. I feel like sports is starting to slow right down. Like we're getting to the end of the year. I said it last week and the week before, and it's just kind of sad. I mean, like I always get kind of like upset when like the NBA finals and NHL uh, finals um, or Stanley Cup playoffs like come to an end because it's like we don't get as much games every night so uh, that's why it's always nice to watch these games the heat right now are winning or losing 29 27 in the second quarter um but trey how's how was your week going that's cool you know good basketball uh just enjoying it while we got it like you said not too much longer left for basketball hockey uh baseball will be here but it's by itself so enjoying it while we have all of our sports for now <laughs> Yeah, for real. It'll ramp back up in a few months. I think we need that break, which is actually kind of funny because it's like we all need a break from sports. I feel like that like July to mid-August is kind of like a good like dwindle down where you catch up on shows and stuff. No days off. (laughs) Well, if if you think about it, you go pretty much straight from, you know, college football playoff right into heavy conference play in March Madness. And then right into the lead up to and then NBA and NHL playoffs. And then all of a sudden, yeah, in like mid to late June, it's just like, boom, baseball. Well, That's unless it. you're a real big baseball fan, because then you have college, you know, college World Series. So if you're that deep into it, the championships just kind of continue running. If you're in the swimming, yeah. you got the, the world championships taking place in Japan as well. And then Soccer's that kind of runs us over the start of football. So, <laughs> Figure yeah. skating. Yeah. And then, you know, as you guys say, soccer starts up. Soccer. Before football. So. Yes. Yeah. I don't want to get so angry about that. That's what it's called. It's called MLS, Major League Soccer. Yeah, because that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> no, because they're America. Big announcement, though. Messi's coming to America officially, John. Yes, he is. 
Hey, you and me should try and get season tickets now and then sell them for 10 times the amount that people will pay for to go watch Messi. I'm good. Um, that means make some money. <laughs> not payment on your house right there. Don't say, don't say you had the opportunity not to do it now. Just wait till I'm Ronaldo good. and Benzema and all of them come over. Now Benzema actually got an offer to go to the Saudi Arabian League, four hundred twenty-nine million dollar offer for two years. Yep. Two years. That's not. I mean, that's not dollars. That's euros. <laughs> yeah. Which I think the now. conversion rate's even higher in dollars, right? Yeah. So. Well, I know that's what Messi said. Is if it wasn't about money. I mean, there's a lot more. It's there's a lot more into this deal than him just playing for Miami. He's got part of part ownership. He's getting profits off the TV deals. Um, there's yeah. a lot into it, a lot more details into it. And it's still not signed yet. It's just announced that he's coming here. So, Right. But let's yeah. just jump right into it. Let's see what's in Mike's cup this week. Mikey, Mike, what is in your cup? All right. So we've, we've gone away from the cup uh, this week. We've gone back to a can. We have a Smirnoff Ice Smash Pink Lemonade. Uh, Looks like a Starburst. I know. That's like worse than a can. Yeah. It does. <laughs> That's good. Good. I approve. I approve this. Mike's doctor is going to watch this show and be like, look at man. We got to cut that down. <laughs> <laughs> so. You, you yeah, had to get Mikey for a, a, a housewarming gift. We got to get him a Starburst. A Starburst poster to just go up near his freaking no, liquor. No, no. Welcome to the Starburst. Get, get him 12 bags of sugar. Boom! There you go. <laughs> I'll find uses for them. I yeah, found well. I found a commercial. I found a commercial the other day that said the average person uh, consumes fifty three pounds of sugar a year. I was like, that's what Mike does in a quarter. <laughs> <laughs> I I am anything but just in his alcohol person. drinks. <laughs> yeah, let alone any candy or snacks I eat. Snacks. Yeah, really. But I'm a Swiss roll fan. I'm a Swiss roll fan. So Jamie. How was your bets last week? Well, if it wasn't for a pretty abysmal showing by every person on the heat other than Bam Adebayo, I probably would have at least been four and one, but we ended up three and two because the heat decided not to show up for game one. And weird, right? Because I thought because it wasn't a tough game seven, I figured that they, they didn't really have to battle their way into that finals. Kind of felt like everybody took the fourth quarter off in Boston and they were kind of already settling down. So <laughs> Trey, good call. I got five for you. You can go double okay. or nothing. You're gonna double nothing on Friday if you want. So Okay. Double yeah. All right. So here's what we have for the week this week. Basketball and hockey are now in their dying phases. And we only have a couple games left, so I still have to hold on to what I can. So depending on what happens tonight, doesn't really matter. I do think Denver pulls through, but regardless, I think Miami is gonna win game four no matter what. Denver hasn't lost back to back games so far in the playoffs. I don't see it happening tonight. I think right now we're kind of tied and it's gonna be a dog fight in game three, but I have the heat winning. Friday night in Miami, you can't really beat that atmosphere right now when it comes to East Coast basketball, at least. So I got Miami on Friday, at home on Friday night. And then I think that Florida is due a win at this point. Like I told you guys, goals, goals, goals galore. If the Panthers can't keep up with Vegas, I said it, I said it from the get-go of the series. If they can't do that, it's going to be a short series. But I do think the one glowing thing going for the Panthers right now is they got Bobrovsky back in goal tomorrow night. He's confirmed. I think he's going to have himself a big game and show up. So I actually have Florida winning that game tomorrow night. And then I'm going to kind of mix it up here. I told you guys last week that Man City is going to come through and win the treble. So Man City all the way against Inter Milan. I uh, have my two curveballs for the weekend that I, I normally don't go with these sports. But I'm going, to, I'm going to run this weekend and go a little bit of a different route. 
So mm -hmm. I'm gonna go into the wonderful world of golf, where Rory is taking part in the Canadian Open and trying to win his trifecta. He's trying to win the tournament for three times, three for the third time in a row, and I think he does accomplish that. He plays great there for whatever reason. He owns it, and I think Rory's gonna come through and expect Rory to win by not just one or two strokes, but I think you're kind of run away with this one because really? he just loves that tournament. And then my real wild card for the weekend is tennis. And we have a classic matchup in the French Open where we've reached a point where it is the sage versus the next generational talent that who might we might see the torch handed off to. So I wanted it in the finals. Unfortunately, we don't have it, but we have the young Spaniel Alcaraz going against the old Wiley veteran, the Joker himself, the original Joker, Novak Djokovic. And that's a semifinal. And here's why I think Djokovic is going to pull through. He has everything to play for. If he wins, he definitely goes on to win the French Open title. And that would be his 23rd singles major championship, which will put him at number one, no longer tied to Rafael Nadal. So that kind of established him as at least, if you're looking at numbers, the greatest champion of all time in men's tennis. He may not go down as the greatest ever, but at least he'll be considered the, the greatest champion of all time by getting that 23rd singles titles in majors. So I'm going Djokovic. It's going to be a hell of a match. Each man has only dropped one set so far, and both of them are playing the, the highest level of tennis you could probably play. That's why I wish we were getting this in the finals instead. But I'm going with the old Joker to pull this one off. And this may be one, maybe he has one more left after this in Australian Open. And I think we're going to start seeing the dominance of Alcaraz just winning four or five, maybe six of the ne next eight majors uh, between the year 24 and 25. So this is sort of the going out party as we see for it. Rafa is kind of headed out, Federer headed out. Djokovic, I think, has one or two more years left, but I think he gets it done this weekend. So just to give you guys a quick repack, take Miami at home. Everything South Beach is golden this weekend, baby. Take the Florida Panthers at home. I told you guys last week, Man City is going to win the treble. They will definitely be into Milan in the Champions League final. I love Rory McIlroy up north in Canada. He loves it there, too. He's going for his three-peat. He gets it. And finally, the old joker himself, Novak Djokovic, to beat the young Spaniard Akras in the semifinals of the French Open. Put it in the bank. Last week would have been 5-0 and if the damn heat decided to show up. Way to go, Trey. We going 5-0 and this week, baby. Would you go 4-1? Three and two because the Heat three missed that last three to cover on the spread. Oh, yeah. You, I forgot yeah. you doubled in yeah, hockey like and in basketball. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Jamie's bets of the week. Make sure you lock those in. Um, game four of the NBA Finals will be on Friday. And then game three of the Stanley Cup uh, Finals will be tomorrow. So, or as in when that it's on airs Friday. today. That is on uh, Friday, Champions League on Saturday, and then Rory all weekend long. Yeah, Rory. Rory I mean, Sunday? Question mark. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, those are those are some good picks. I the thing is, I don't think I think Rory wins it, but I don't think he runs away with it. Just because the final four holes there at the at the Oakdale is very tough. It's like very narrow water on both sides. Like it's very tough to play those. And he was like almost in the water last year when he was playing with JT. So, um, but yeah, lock those picks in. Let us know how you guys do. Check us in the comments. But, fellas, let's roll into our first topic of the week. We got, is Murray is Murray and Jokic the best one-two punch in the NBA? This is, a, this is an interesting topic. Jamie's shaking his head, so I'll let him roll with it first. 
You want me to roll out first? Yeah. Yeah, go for yeah. it. Okay, well. You're shaking your head. Yeah, I think we're prisoners of the moment. Um, and, and, and here's why I'm not ready to give them that crown yet. It's because they just don't have the body of work over the last couple of seasons. I think we saw it this season and it hit its potential, which was Denver finally making a run to the finals first time in the franchise history. So you could you could definitely run with the moment and be like, oh, they, they did something nobody's ever done before in this franchise's history. So immediately we have to run to think that this has to be the best tandem in the NBA. But Brown and Tatum have been making deep runs for years together now. And we've had some other duos that don't get enough credit, even though Milwaukee keeps crashing out in the playoffs. Giannis and Middleton have been making deep runs in the playoffs for years now. And nobody really wants to give AD and LeBron the credit they deserve. I think they deserve a little more respect than that. And we have some other new duos in the league that we still have to wait to see. I don't think we can judge Luca and Kyrie yet. I don't think we can judge um, Durant and Booker yet. But the two names I've left out are the ones that have proved, proven themselves for almost the last 10 years, which is Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. By far, to me, they have to be considered the best tandem in the NBA because they're called the Splash Brothers for a reason when it rains, it pours, and they stretch the floor better than any one-two, or if you want to call it a guard combo, in NBA history. Nobody's been able to be such a threat that you have to choose your poison and whichever way you choose, the other side of the floor becomes wide open and the chemistry on that team with the way Green can move the ball or Poole can move the ball or whoever's been there along the years, Durant's there, which was ridiculous when he was there, which opened up the game for him so much. It's just a deadly one too because it makes the game too easy for everybody else. We saw it last year when Clay came back and he was healthy. It ended up in a championship run for Golden State. People call it a kind of down year in the West, but I think I think that's stupid to say that. They fought their way through the West. They won fair and square. They won the NBA championship. So I think the best one too, and, and we may have probably seen, this may have been the last year. I think they could have made a championship run together. I, I don't doubt the heart of a champion. I thought this would have been their last push to get to the NBA finals. But to me, I still have to give that to Clay and Steph just because their body of work over the last decade. Not so fast, yeah. <laughs> As Lee Corso says, "Young man, not so fast." <laughs> I got I, 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 I get you. I get your. Yeah, just put, put the <laughs> um, <laughs> that'd be funny. As shit if I did oh, I'd love it if you had a giant mascot head. I'd love it. <laughs> Guess that's what I have to do for a college football season. Um, so I get what you're saying. I mean, if you're looking, so I think there's two ways you can look at this this question, right? You can look at regular season and you can look at postseason. And I guess, you know, what matters more, right? A ring. So, you know, obviously you want to make sure that you get a ring. Those two have been the dominant, right? I think next is Joker and Murray. I think they've been, when they've been on the court together, it's been a very dangerous tandem. And I'm watching it now. And I don't watch a lot of NBA during the regular season, but I see them in the playoffs. And when Murray went out last year, that was a huge loss for Denver. It was like their second piece was missing, and and like Jokic just couldn't figure things out. So I think those two duo they bounce off each other. I wouldn't say you can't say Luca and Kyrie. They've only had twenty games together. You can't say KD and Devin Booker. They've only had six games together. You can't say. I mean, you can't say LeBron and AD. They've only had four games together. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 you can't say 
Dent left Shrimp and Clyde yeah, Drexler. But, They've never played together. But, yeah, don't um, talk about my main man right now in a bad light. But John, but, that's the thing. But, but, but with AD, like, I get the AD and LeBron because they won a title, right? And you think, okay, they should have been, right? But, you know, the problem is, is I think it was a few years too short, too too late, in my opinion. AD has gotten older and has gotten a lot more injuries. LeBron, for the first time in his career, we've seen him break down. LeBron. And we're seeing – you know, him breaking down now. Um, so I think other than Steph and Clay, you have to give it to Jokic and Murray because they've been the most consistent. Regular season team, Denver's been over the last five years the be- one of the best teams, if not the best team in the West. So I, I would give it to – I would give that? it to – How can you say in the last five years, Denver's been the best team in the West and Golden State has been to three of the, four, of the five last finals? Remember, Murray hasn't played in the last no. two – Murray, well, I'm saying they've been the play. number one seed. I'm saying not yeah. the best team. I'm saying they've been the best team going into the playoffs. So that means something, right? So how is that? No, how does that? Because to Murray an extent, right? Good, he, but Murray wasn't right. there. Was that best combo. They didn't get the number one seed the other year because of Murray. Murray was out. Same thing. Time. Yeah, and same but thing. That, going that's my point, though. Like the years that he is in, they are they are a contender, and I, I'm not for sure what they were ranked. In um, you know 2021, 2020, um, those years, but you know, I think the Lakers were one in the West at that time. They should have been. Should have been. Um, but my point is, when they're on the floor together, they're a dominant duo. And when they when you take that piece away, and I think this question means more when you take that key piece away, it kind of hinders the other person, right? When Clay wasn't with Steph. You saw the, you saw that, you saw that. Didn't even the, make the playoffs. That's what I'm saying. That that right. has to be more impactful. That that one-two combo goes from no playoffs to championship. So that's why. Right. And that's why I said it. you got to look uh, at it two different ways: regular season or playoffs. And obviously, the playoffs mean more because you're talking about championships, right? You want to win a championship. That means more. They have four together. So obviously, those two are going to be above anybody we're talking about right now. So, Trey, what's your thoughts? Well, I'm not living in the past, so. No, Clay isn't what he used to be. So in current day, they were the best combo. But I wouldn't yeah. say that in current day because I think Clay has slipped off a lot with defense and things such as that. Plus, next year's version of Warriors is probably going to look a lot different. So I wouldn't necessarily take them. Tatum and Brown, y'all see my videos. Y'all know how I felt about that. <laughs> I actually like both of those guys, but it's, it's Brown can't even dribble right now. So we'll excuse <laughs> them. Um, mine and I know everybody's going to disagree here, but I see what's coming here. Chris Paul's got cut. Devin Booker's about to handle this ball, and it is KD, and it is Devin Booker. Mm -hmm. Booker became better with assists the last couple years once you kind of had Chris Paul out the way. Kevin Durant, before he got hurt when he was still in Brooklyn, he was still playing all NBA, possibly NBA MVP-level basketball. Mm -hmm. So there's no reason for me to think that he won't once they come back. Remember, they went out there dropping crazy numbers of two of them when they were playing against Denver. Nobody could do anything with them. They didn't lose because of those two. They lost because they didn't have any depth, which they can now clear up because Chris Paul is out the way. They lost because DeAndre Aiden has basically had his heart taken since they were in the NBA Finals. They lost because Monty Williams started to lose the team. Now, going forward next year, I would expect, when you look at Booker and Durant, they're the combo that I think undoubtedly people will say is at least top 15, if not top 10 each one of the players. I don't think you can say that undoubtedly. Even though Murray's balling, how many of y'all would put Murray in y'all top 15 right now? Top, fi- okay, top, 15, top 15, like, 
top 15 players, players in the, in the yeah, league, in the league or, the, or position player? No, just top 15 in the league, any position. Because I think Booker and Durant, you would say that. I don't think most people, when you really step yeah. back, are going to necessarily say about Murray, even though Murray's balling, will really go back to the board. Murray gets Look, in by default because John Morant won't be eligible to play next season. <laughs> <laughs> but you're saying, but so you're saying D Book and Durant eventually, because we've seen a small sample portion of them playing together being dominant. So you're saying when they get a good team around them, those two, those two one-two combo is going to be elite if they get an 82 game season. You're saying yeah. prediction, your prediction for the future is going to be D book and Durant. I say it right now, because when we did see them together, they were great. The team wasn't the best. This yeah. team got the best one-two combo to me to win the NBA championship. You, they, Denver has the most well-rounded roster. They have a better roster than those two, but I'm still taking those two as a combo over the Nuggets combo when it's all said and done. There, I think. What about Giannis? Sorry, go ahead. You said what about Giannis? When it what about Giannis Giannis and Chris Middleton? That's what I was wondering. Middleton probably Middleton may not even be there next year. I was going to say Middleton's probably leaving. Yeah, Middleton's probably leaving, and this year Middleton was out most of the year. Was pretty shaky. Honestly, if you look at the Bucks, their best combo to me is really Giannis and Drew. If anything, I would consider that the one-two punch because Drew is at least taking somebody's backcourt mate out. But the other thing I like about Durant with Booker is Booker's defense has gotten better, and it gets underrated. Kevin Durant can check five positions. You can't say that about, like, Jamal Murray is still a liability at times. They play great team defense. KCP checks the best player there. Jokic still at times a liability. Those two are really good defenders, and they play great offensively. So I think if we're going on a two-combo, because imagine those two dudes, they get their pick and roll together. They're both mid-range killers. They both can shoot the three. Both go to the free throw line. We've seen Durant handle the ball in tight games when it's when it's key moments. We've seen the Suns give and dedicate more to Devin Booker. So I say to me it's the Suns when it's all said and done. They lost because Denver has a better roster, not because they have a better one-two punch. Jokic may be the best player in the league, but one-two punch, those two are the best one-two punch. Yeah, I agree in their firepower. I just don't know how many games we see them together for is my biggest fear to get excited about it. So I'm with you where I do think they're the most deadly combo. I don't know if I could proclaim you to be the best until you show me that you are the best. That's kind of where I'm, I'm judging off of that. I know they I can guess you can say the same about Steph and Clay, players. though. Uh-huh. You can say the same thing about Steph and Clay, though. They've been dealing with injuries over the last few years, too. No, we have the body of work. Like, we have a body of work well over what you're saying right now, series and a couple of games. Yeah. The best tandem in the league right now to me is still the two of them when they're on. Right? So, and we got a sample. We got a big tease with KD and Booker in game two, I think, or game three of the end of, of the series against Denver where they scored, <laughs> what, 91 or something like that, Trey? Yeah, it was something crazy like yeah, it was a cra- it was a crazy it was a crazy combo that you just don't see anymore in the NBA. So yeah. the firepower potential is unheard of for the two of them, and yes, it will be exciting basketball. But well, I still look- judge one two to, like tandems can make the rest of the team better despite your depth. They still make everybody better, and your teams can still win tight games. Your team can still win because you're the best one two combo. Yeah, I mean, D-Book, I said it earlier, uh, a few episodes ago, um, that he was the most underrated player in the playoffs this year. If you go look at his stats for all the games that they played, he was like minimum 30 points a game, like, and consistently in 40s, you know, per game. So, you know, that dude is getting very very overlooked on a lot of teams. But, Mike, what are your thoughts? Who's your one-two tandem? Is it Jokic? Is it Murray? Who is it? 
So, I mean, clearly it's Caleb Martin, Max Struess. I mean, <laughs> it's just, I mean, come on. No, in all seriousness, I, I love the tandem of, of Murray and Jokic. They've proved now that Murray has gotten himself another full healthy season really behind him. I think, I think they're up there. The problem is they really don't aren't, they aren't number one in any box you can check, which is shown by the, the conversation we've had so far. They're not the most, they don't have the strongest body of work. That's Stephen Clay. They don't have the most potential to be an explosive duo. That's Durant Booker. So right now I'm going to agree. I'll say this first. I'm going to agree that the best tandem for me right now, the one I would take above all, is Stephen Clay. You give me those two healthy, I'm going to trust them over anybody because I know what they can do together. Now, Trey, I agree with you in the sense that I think by the end of this upcoming season, barring any, hopefully, you know, not any bad injuries or anything, it's going to be Durant and Booker because they do have the highest ceiling of explosiveness and impact. But... On that, I did want to say one thing, which is I don't want anyone to sleep on a tandem that we I don't think a lot of people would think of, which is De'Aaron Fox and Zabonis. I think that's a, a, a sneaky good tandem that because they're in Sacramento, they kind of get overlooked. Mm-hmm. But as far as, obviously, Zabonis, it's weird because Zabonis is not as good as Jokic, but I would take De'Aaron Fox over Jamal Murray. So, why not? <laughs> Trey, I'm shocked you didn't go with Garland and Mitchell mentioned in there as a bonus. No, I mean, I've been averaging almost 25, 30 points a game in the playoffs right now. I mean, like, I know it's this year only, but, like, he's still right. doing it. He's in the NBA Finals this year. So, like, Jokic has been averaging almost a triple-double in the – They've both uh, been averaging almost a triple-double. He has. It's not an he has been. He, yeah, he's been well, – And I said – but he's been getting there in the first half almost. Like, I think the first game was he was at, like, 25, 12, and 9 in the first half. It was, like, crazy stupid. I was like – and Jamal Murray was just right there, too. He was, like, 25 and 9 or something like that. So, it was like – I think it just slept on because I think Murray is not the best guard in the league. But I think he's – I think he's top 10 guard. But yeah. you guys are – He's like Jimmy. Are, he becomes a top five player in the playoffs. He's like Jimmy. Just give him, give him the playoffs. Well, the I can tell you right now, the next the next duo, the best duo in the NBA next year ain't going to be any of those people. It's going to be Jimmy Butler and Dame Lillard. Because that's where Dame is going. Dame Dollar going to be in South Beach. And I'm going to show him Dame around. Dame don't know what the hell Dame wants. <laughs> Dame, Dame's going to be important. <laughs> but but, he, but the problem is, like, about it he's I don't not going to be important. A lot of people have, have him. In a, in a pretty fairly big blockbuster, and Miami has a lot of key pieces to move that they can, you know, even though it's not going to clear a lot of space for them, they'll pay the luxury, so. But well, with Dame, Dame, it's like, I listened to that interview today, and, like, it's like I feel bad for him, but he also, the problem is he went and signed that six-year deal when he could have, when everyone at his caliber, Dame is a top, he's a, one of, the, I think he's a top point guard in the league. The top 100 he player of all time. You know, like, so. I don't, I mean I don't I don't know how no one sees that but um he's Mike why are you cringe? Dominant top player. Yeah, why are you cringe? Top 100 player of all time? I don't know if he's a top 100 player of all time. That's a what? list I'd have to sit. Hold on. Jesus. What? 
Jesus. <laughs> oh my God. In the overall, in the over 75 years of the NBA. He just gets I, looked over because he's in Portland. No. He gets, I'm not looking over him. I'm saying like a top 100 players in a 75 year history of a league is tough for me to outright say. I'm not saying I don't think he is completely. I would just have to sit down and really look at that list. Now, as far as a top guard in league, absolutely. I, I don't think, I still don't have him as my number one point guard in the league, but. That's well, what, what I was saying about Dame is that in his interview, like he, the problem with him, and I think Trey, you were trying to hit on that, is that he keeps signing these six-year deals with with Portland instead of signing instead of putting the pressure on Portland. Portland so got no so better. Do I don't feel bad. I don't feel bad for Dame at all. No, no, I don't feel no, bad. For feel, I don't feel bad for Dame at all. Dame no, I was saying that I was I was giving my point on like the the problem with him is the fact that he's signing those six-year deals. He's not giving Portland a lot. Like the reason why. LeBron and all these teams start to have all the pressure is because these teams signed they signed two year two three year deals with a player option at the last one right so they know they have to go get they have to go win now for them right, right. Dame is giving them six years <laughs> Dame is like right. okay I'll give but maybe you know, Dame so. with that then a lot of people want to give credit for it because Dame could have been got out he's had many times to go request a trade last year we had Chris Haynes report about Dame may want to leave. The two days later, Dame said he didn't want to leave. Dame last week said he didn't want to leave. Now we got a report about these hypothetical teams he may want to do. I don't think Dame really knows what Dame wants to do. So I don't really feel bad for Dame because he can't make his mind. There are certain people who honestly are perfectly fine being the guy in a certain city. Maybe Dame doesn't want to go pair because maybe he like enjoys being the guy in Portland where everything rides around him and everybody in Portland kisses his ass and loves him. Because I think that's what it honestly is. I've heard different reports where I've read where people say, yeah, Dame likes being the man in Portland. If he wanted to be out, Dame could have been got out. We have all types of guys make requests, say they went out, and they're able to get out. I don't – Dame will change his mind next week. I feel like smoking a lot of weed too, so, like, Portland's a good place for that thing. <laughs> but here's the deal, Mike. And in, in, if you look at in the, in the history of the NBA, at, at a minimum of 10 seasons played, only 12 players have averaged over 25 points a game, and Dame is one of them. Okay, that that that's all well and good. I'm not saying I don't. He's absolutely not a top 100 player. Again, I would just have to sit down and go, okay, who do I think are the top 100 players? And we'll see where he sits. But that I that do. doesn't that doesn't sway you at all that he's one of 12 players. That oh no, it absolutely it absolutely does. But I know the there's a, a, a million other seasons. there's a million other stats for other guys that I can also look at. So. Uh, to me, we, I mean, we where does he we sit definitely touch the, the impact of the NBA is who could put the ball in the basket because that's what wins games, right? I understand, so. I understand that, but John Stockton wasn't an all-time scorer, but Stockton he's the all-time assist leader, so. Yeah. You create baskets. I mean, same thing as important. Yeah. I agree with that. I'm just, yeah. no, I'm just saying, I would, I, I, I think he probably is top 100, but I'm not, I can't say like, oh, I know he's top 100. Outright. I hear you. What they hear you. <laughs> so yeah, but by the way, I think Dame either wants to leave Portland or he wants them to trade third pick. Yeah. For some for in a package for a start. That's I think but that's he, what the decision. No, he no, he, he literally just said in an interview he go be they hope they go get uh a, um either one of the top picks. So that I don't think they're I don't think Portland's trading that pick, in my opinion. I don't I mean, think they're trading that pick at all. Like I, 
because it, it, it's one or two things, right? Like an interview that Dame was talking about, he's basically saying that he, you know, he wants to see what the franchise does here going into this year. And then, you know, but he goes, and then the guy put pushed him in the corner because he kept asking him a question. Where do you want to play? Where do you want to play? Where do you want to play? He's like, well, obviously, you know, like, why wouldn't you want to go play in Miami? And, and, and now it's like blown up everywhere where people like take it out of context. But that guy asked him a question like three or four times. And he was just like, fine, I'll answer. <laughs> like, right. type of if thing. If they got so, a third team, if they got a third team and they swap with Charlotte because they think Charlotte is going to take Scoot and they can make that move and they gamble and say, hey, we'll take Scoot as, as we're going to gamble on him and see if he could be our franchise player. I think Portland might make that kind of move because they're at the point now where they just have to really throw all their cards on the table and roll the dice because that franchise ain't going anywhere in the West right now. Like, they're, they're on that eight, nine brink. And you ain't winning a championship in the West as an eight nine. Like the Heat, where I won last year as an eight, that's that's an anomaly. But they they definitely just have to roll the dice and see what happens. And I think something like that could possibly move them if they can get that third team. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens in the offseason. There's a lot of movement going on right now, yeah. especially with yeah. Chris Paul being uh, waived here about yeah. two hours ago. That'll be interesting. Um, but as as the NBA Finals comes to halftime, brought up a good good top of ours um, of. Should the NBA, should sports in general go away from halftimes in general? Mike, throw it up to you. Um, no, but a ca- I'll, I'll add a, a little caveat to that, which is that I'm okay with there being halftimes, but make them shorter. I don't like the length of halftimes. I like halftimes because it gives an opportunity to t- take a breath from, especially during the playoffs, breath from exciting action and gives the players some time to freshen up and, and be able to play at their best um, as the game continues. But I feel like half times in general in sports are too longer. They're like, they're too much. They're too long. They're just, they don't need to be any longer. Like we got, especially when we hit the playoffs, I feel like like half times are feel like they're damn near half an hour. And I don't, I feel like you don't need that. So my answer to that is as a roundabout thing, keep half times, but make them shorter. Well, to your point, Mike, they are a half hour. <laughs> yeah. The only reason why I know is that is because I just looked over and, and it's like went to halftime and said 30 on the shot clock. So, like, oh. it's winding down from halftime. So, <laughs> I look back. Well, so, like, oh, point, point proven. Point proven. Trey, Trey, Make what's like your 10 thoughts? minutes. Make them 10 minutes. And this was, brought up, this was brought up from the one and only Jeff Van Gundy. Um, he mentioned that he sh- they want to get rid of halftime. What are your what are your thoughts? I mean, you grow up all all pretty much your whole life, you know, until you get to high school, not having half times. Do you think it's necessary? No, you don't really. I mean, at the most five minutes, that's all you really need. Because at the end of the day, and even Dane, because we talked about him earlier, even he said, "Hey, I don't know if I really need it." The point Van Gundy even says to coaches, a lot of the halftime is them going there saying, "Play harder," or "You're doing a great job," and they come right back out there. A lot of times, the good adjustments, especially when you get into, like, the NBA or the NHL, these ones with series, they happen game to game. That's where you make the biggest adjustments. But a lot of times, even if you look at halftime, when the guys come back out, they come back out, they re-warm up again. They have to shoot around five minutes. I was already warmed up. I was just out here. Sometimes you may make the team go cold by actually taking that break. So I would cut it really down to about five minutes because I don't really think, other than going to the bathroom and – a whole bunch of corporate stuff. We need Taylor Swift to come out of scene and do all that type of cute stuff. <laughs> Get a drink. I don't really know how much any of these guys are really benefiting off of halftime because do we really see 
these extra strong adjustments from the coaches only at halftime or the good coaches making adjustments during the game? Because I can make an adjustment at halftime, and they switch it, a good coach is going to make an adjustment the first time out, and boom, now everything you just did at halftime is null and void. So, no, I think five minutes at the most, go take a quick bathroom break, come back out, let's get it in. Let's get right to the point. Well, here, here's one one point, and I'm going to go to a different different sport, not different sport, but different conference and collegiate and, and college basketball. And I, I, I can't remember what announcer was. I think it was Jay Billis or whatnot. And they were talking about how, you know, I can't believe any of these coaches use their timeouts ever because you get six media timeouts all the way up until the four-minute mark. And, you know, I understand, but, like, if you can't play for four minutes straight – and like, what's going on? Like, then why are you playing Division One? Why are you playing? And it's same with the NBA. They have media timeouts at the, you know, the twelve. Uh, they start twelve minutes. They, you know, eight, uh, eight minutes, four minutes. They have them at those media timeouts. So it's like you get those rests, and those those media timeouts are like five minutes as it is, five ten minutes. So in my head, I'm thinking, why do you got to do that? And you notice it more in college as it is when when teams go to the locker room in college. College half times are a lot longer than pros if you notice it and you notice i get so upset sometimes with syracuse is they'll go to the halftime and they'll be they'll be just knocking down threes and they'll just be on a on a hot streak and all of a sudden they come back out and they can't hit the broad side of a barn and i know it's all about money right it's all about you know trying to you know put all these different shows and whatnot out there but i don't know i think you can get away with with doing that but having like a five to ten minute little break you know, maybe team, maybe someone go to the back to the back, get their ankle retaped, those type of things, come back out for the second half. I don't, I don't believe in the whole Super Bowl halftime. And real, realistically, I don't watch the Super Bowl halftime. I go and I, you know, that's when I eat. That's when I pour another yeah. drink. I go to the bathroom. Like I, those were like this year. I was like, I went and laid down for ten minutes because I was walking back and forth this year because my team was in it. So like, yeah. you know, for me, like I don't, I don't see it as a benefit. For the players, because I feel like you come out like the Eagles went into halftime really like on a hot streak, came out cold as shit, and, that, and then Kansas City came back. So, did it really benefit them? Right. Jay. So I'm gonna take a whole different spin on this because the question wasn't should we take halftime out for the benefit of the players? It was just should we just take halftime out? Period. So I think we're forgetting about one of the more important elements of the idea of sports, and that's to create an entertaining platform for the audience. Without the audience, there's really no pro sports without an interest there's no sustenance of the sport so to quote the great jackie moon we're gonna like firecrackers all right and jackie moon from semi-pro proved that halftime entertainment it's a great movie adds much more value than people just showing up for a game because you give them a moment halfway through the game that whether the game is shit or not you could reignite their interest and people can make adjustments we've seen that happen teams have come out the home team I mean, like, hey, we can't do this in front of our own fans. And you've seen teams come out in the third quarter and completely change the complexity of the game. Uh, and now we're dissing some greatest mascots of all time to me, Benny the Bull, in the 90s days. Benny was one of the funniest characters on TV at halftime. And then you have the Phoenix Suns gorilla mascot. Now you're saying the Denver mascot's making half a million dollars a year high entertainment. We have, we have the, the, the dunk teams that are coming out there doing crazy shit. It's, to me, there has to be a moment where, and this, I think this comes from the baseball adage, where fans need to eat and drink and be entertained, right? Like, that's what kind of baseball went off of because of the pace of the game. Other other sports had to realize how to do that. So they had to incorporate some sort of halftime where people can get up and get their food and get their drink and re-engage and 
feel a little bit drunk, feel a little bit good. Now you've eaten now, you're not so miserable. So let's do this all over again for another half. It's a necessity because the reason why you open the stadium in the first place is not to play the game only. It's to bring people in so they can enjoy the quality of your game and the quality of your product. So I like the halftime thing, especially Red Panda. That lady's pretty amazing going around on a unicycle, kicking up plates, bouncing on her head. I mean, we're talking about some crazy skill right there. And, and I mean this in, in the best of ways, because if you guys have ever tried to ride a unicycle, in 1.5 seconds, you'll be on your ass. Okay, so for someone to do what she does, it's beyond amazing to me that she has that sort of skill. So I don't need to yeah. do that. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, my boy, give me half They time. do that every time in between the timeouts. If you had an NBA game between every timeout, the mascots out there, you throw stuff. We already got that all throughout the game. I don't need a break in between tennis. Nah, they have all the dancing girls that do that little routine. Now, unfortunately, they have like six or five dancing guys as part of the crew, too. And yeah, you know, women could get entertained too, and whatever. I'm not going to be blasting on that. Let's not put this take up there, Mike. We might get removed by every community that's imaginable that probably sees this clip. So, no, because I'm going to probably play it like this, and this is probably going to hurt some feelings. But the last three times I went to NBA at halftime, it was some children from the local band that they had out there. And it's like, okay, we already got that at your own stadium. So, yeah, we got some free kids into this game, and they got to go out here and play their little trombone and stuff. And that's all cute and stuff, but that was what halftime was. The NFL, right, so, with the exception of the Super Bowl, does not even have halftime shows like that. It's just, of course it's just staring at empty grass. If you were NFL game on week six, you're looking at empty grass, and then eventually some kicker comes out and kicks the ball and misses it ten times, and then goes out here and flames out during the game anyway. That's what halftime looks like in the NFL. They're not even doing anything. I remember I, I some of these coaches aren't even coaching halfway in the game. I just watched Joe Mazzulla let Al Horford take the clipboard because his ass don't want to coach no more. Yeah, but Trey. I it, it, John's boy up there in Michigan. Yeah. Uh, what's the big guy, Grady Hope, was up here with the, <laughs> with the little headset. This guy had a pistol in his ear with a, with a whiteout board. Half these guys are even coaching the game. So what but listen, Trey, in comparison, though, in comparison, you out there blazing in the sun for most college football games and pro football games. Your ass need a beer or a drink or something to eat. And the NBA is cozy, it's a beer, man, the man, air conditioned. Oh, it's a different kind of environment. Like so, ain't nothing gonna matter on the field for football because But you're talking about quality, right? Quality of product is like, it, how is it quality? How is the quality of the product good if the guy's going to halftime and then all of a sudden they come out and it, it's like they're they, it's a totally different team that comes out. So because someone came out and product. Did yeah, but like that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make that's not a better product. If they come out cold, how is that a better product? No, 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 no way. So you go to a Q's game and Q scores 31 points at half and they're down by 16 points, and then they come out and make it a game in the second half. You're gonna say that halftime wasn't important for the team and the quality of the experience for the fans on that given night. Of course, you're not gonna say that. You're gonna say whatever Oheim said, greatest coach of all time. That's why he's considered the best. Trustman's better than everybody else. Orange for the fucking world. Juice almost <laughs> pulled it off tonight. Come on, bro. You have to. You have to look at it from a bias standpoint here. Be a biased fan right now. I am being biased. I told. I just said I hate it during their half times. Yeah, I'm being biased. Well, all, over the past three years, Syracuse has been a first half team, which they never have been. They've always been a second half team, and when they come out in the second half, they're totally flat. I watched my team blow thirty point leads. They had a thirty point lead at, here in Miami, and they blew a thirty point lead at half. And I thought if they stayed on – I in my head, I'm thinking stay on the court. Don't even go in the locker room. Just stay there. Because if they stayed there, they could have ultimately probably won that game. And they're blowing the game in North Carolina. And they're blowing the game at Duke. Like, they've blown so many games. And 
which was bullshit, like in my opinion. So like they go in the locker room, they get cold. Now they now they're not shooting the ball, they're not like getting into rhythm. You know, they gotta get back into that rhythm. I just feel that like basketball suffers a little bit more. Um, the one sport I will say that, you know, because I played it is hockey. Hockey's the one because you're chew- literally chewing up the surface. Like for for hockey, like it's literally hard to move the puck. Like when it's when you've got a foot of snow on the ice. So like redoing that when you're at a high level playing hockey and you're chewing up the ice, it's tough. When you're younger, you they don't do the Zamboni in between. When you're playing in like little like uh, you know it's called peewees and squirts and everything, Pee-wee's. they don't they don't they don't they don't do the ice. But when you get up to higher like juniors in, in college and stuff, they do the ice in between because you're chewing up the ice a lot more, which is a terrible thing. And the NFL, they just started doing this like in between timeouts and TV timeouts, they have people go out there with a, like you saw them on the, on the Super Bowl. They go out there and they grab like all the pieces of dirt and everything to make sure that it doesn't affect the play. So I think like ultimately you're getting a better quality product if you don't have these guys go in the locker room, sit and get cold. A lot of players have said it, that they don't like going to the locker room because like when they're in a hot streak, obviously if you're getting your ass kicked, you're getting your ass kicked. I mean, regardless, if you come back out, you're probably still going to get your ass kicked. So I don't know. I just feel a little bit different because I feel like anytime I see a Q's game for me, I am being biased. I'm like, God damn, come on. Like, stay out there. Like, y'all playing well. Finally shooting the ball well. Stay. So on court, half court, pick up game. Let's go. I, <laughs> yeah, for real. Like, just keep shooting. Like, just I just I say, like, do you have to go to the locker room? Just stay out there. Just shoot. Mike, keep come shooting. on. I know you love Jackie Moon. Oh, I love Jackie Moon. And my teams <laughs> usually do well after halftime. So I'm cool. <laughs> But it's no. just in the NFL when the last national championship game appearance, Mikey Mike. <laughs> that was the floor, not halftime. In Armando NFL, Baycott got hurt. A lot of standards. <laughs> like y'all still would have lost the game. <laughs> in the NFL, it's a lot of standing around that ends up happening in general. So, like, do we really need a break? Like I said, the kicker's going up. So I had to pull this up because I saw this a long time ago. The NFL, a real NFL game is actually in total about 11 minutes of actual play. 11 fucking minutes. <laughs> I'll say it again. There's yeah, 11 minutes. on TV for three and a half hours. When we watch TV, we watch roughly 67 minutes of players standing around or cheerleaders. We get about 17 minutes worth of replays and about 11 minutes worth of actual play in football. All the time when they're just standing there, what are we doing? We're calling plays. We're making adjustments. That's all they're doing all game. And we got you know, 22 minutes of Troy Aikman going, well, um, yeah, um, um, losing his freaking memory week by week. No, yeah, don't. They're right. I don't need to sit here and hear Troy Aikman and Jim, Joe Buck tell stories. And Troy Aikman <laughs> sounds like he's fresh off CTE. And Joe Buck is basically <laughs> starting to talk stories about baseball because he's ran out of stuff to talk about the Cowboys yeah. in that football game. So mm-hmm. yeah, they don't need don't. this. And that's, you know, it's. Go ahead, Mike. Don't forget the 20 minutes of Terry Bradshaw and Howie Long bickering. Do not forget that. That is an important and integral part of the broadcast. That's been getting more more and more rough, watching them go through, having having Terry Bradshaw do the, like, halftime highlights. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm like, like, don't do it like 90 years old. Don't do it (laughs) playing with my mom. Come on. (laughs) You got it, Terry. Let's go. (laughs) <laughs> That's why I have like, to let Cinco Squad come on board. Cinco Squad at halftime. Right? Uh, We'd be yeah, great at halftime. Yeah, to have my stuttering <laughs> ass on there. The the Dallas. The Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> I feel like that's all they talk. I mean, that's that's literally like 
they should have the professional analysts go through and do all the highlights. You know, they, give Terry, listen, they give Terry. They give Terry. They give. Go ahead. They give Terry what? They give Terry what? They give Terry a little bit. They're like, all right, Terry, go for it. And I think it's just for them to laugh at him. Like they're oh, yeah. sitting there laughing. Listen, they're like, can we all go to a basketball game together, a Cinco squad. I'm a Venmo one of y'all mother truckers, so y'all can get me my halftime snacks. I'm my ass is sitting on there and watching the halftime show. So yeah, you, you better guys. not leave. You better not match. leave. <laughs> we're gonna be up at the bar, and you're gonna be able to be like, "No, Jay, you can't go. You can't go. You gotta stay here. You, you, you love the show. You, you got. You love the shows." My eyes will be on one chair leader. You guys are good to go. Just get me my snacks. <laughs> get you your get your sour patch kits and a and a popcorn. There you go. But don't forget it's coconut water. Yes, please. Oh, yeah. I gotta get you, gotta get you the thirty dollar bottle of coconut water. Buying the whole cake for this second. It's probably like thirty or forty dollars. <laughs> yeah, one of those. No shit. So as we as we continue to talk about, you know, earlier we were talking about the best one-two punch. Um, I guess this this was a pretty interesting topic. Is would you rather be a high-profile star or a low-profile star? Oh, high profile, no doubt. High profile. I, don't, I want to be like Deion Sanders back in the day. I want to be prime time. I'm coming out in the shades. I want to look nice. I want to look fancy. Yeah, I'm being. A, I want. I want to be prime time. It's all cool. Jokic is doing, and that's cool for certain people. I'm not even saying I'm like the flashiest person in the world, but yeah, I want. I want. We said it was entertainment, right? Isn't that what we said in the last thing? Part of the entertainment is being a showman. Mike, I see you putting your head and saying no. Now, I'm going to remind you of this when you start watching your wrestling. In the middle of your wrestling podcast that you also do with others. Well, hold on. This is a show. So we do need showmen out here. That's why you like certain wrestlers. So whoever, your CM Punk or your John Cena when he was a wrestler, whoever you like. Huh? Don't you bring that up. No, I'm bringing that up because it's about the showmen, (laughs) sir, baby. So we have to, yeah, we, it's entertaining. So, yeah, I want to be high profile. I want to be closer to LeBron James. Side of this to the Yoki side. It's cool for Yoki. <coughs> Let me be. The but guy. I think it would be out of character. I think it's just who the player is, right? Growing up and everything like that. Like Jokic is top player in the league, right? You know, one MVP back to back, right? Like, but it would be out of character to see him do stuff. You know, like when when we saw him like almost fighting the referee that one year, or D book that one year, like when he was like fighting him. Like it was just like, what is he doing? That doesn't seem like him. So it's right. like that's like out of character. But I think we put as fans, we put these players in the into these categories of low profile, high profile. Like for instance, Dame Lillard, in a in a sense, would be a low profile star right now because of everyone that's ahead of him, in a sense of like profile, high profile, like money, those type of things. Because that's where we think about money, right? Flash and everything like that. Dame is keeps it on the low side, right? But he's, you think he'd be flashy. But in my opinion, I think I would probably be – I went back and forth because at first I was like, no, because as a hockey player, I was always just like – I pissed people off so much because, like, dudes would be talking shit to me the whole time at the, when I was taking the center, the, the face-off, and I would just sit there and just, like, smile at them and just, like, look at them, and then they'd just be like, bah, 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 in my ear, and I'm just like – <laughs> just smiling right, to them right, right. the whole time and it'd be it pissed them off so much so i think i would be a high profile star easily i mean you get you, you how can you not you get all the endorsements you get all the money you know you get all the you know opportunities outside of the sport you know I, and i think that just plays a factor and um of course i mean i'll be a top player in the league 
Of course. Jamie, Jamie, you are you What? No matter what, if you're a star, I guess the thing what I would say is like if you're Jokic, you're a seven foot. You every time you walk out the room, they're gonna be like, Oh, that's Nikola Jokic. You can try to be low profile. There's no such thing as low profile. So you either lean into it or you can try to fake it. But I mean, if we all walk in the airport right now, we see this big seven foot guy, we're gonna be like, Oh, is that dude in the NBA? We just making this up. So ain't no low profile. Especially for certain sports like the NBA guy. You might be able to blend in in baseball or something. Baseball, I think Mike Trout can walk in many areas of the USA and nobody will know who Mike Trout is. But at the same time, I guess I wouldn't want to be Mike Trout. I would want to be King Griffey Jr. Just looking back at my childhood. Well, look, well, it's it's something that you and I talked about back when we worked at Disney. Is Drew Brees was at Disney when we were there because I think they won the Super Bowl. No, they didn't win the Super Bowl that year. No, he was there. I, he was there, but like you, he's an average height guy. Like you. If you let you watch football or you know who Drew Brees is, he blended in perfectly. Like, you know, so I, I, I get you. Like, I think it's different sports, you know, because, like, Mike Trout is a high-profile star in baseball. But if you walk down the street and you don't watch baseball, you would never know. You just think, oh, this, this dude's pretty stocky. He must play a sport. Well, Mike, what, you, what do you think? So I personally, being real, because I, I, I kind of went back and forth. I'd love to be like high profile, flashy, all that, but being true to myself, just like you said, it depends on the player and depends on the person. I mean, anybody that really knows me, I mean, you guys know, like I'm outside of this, I'm a fairly quiet person. Like You're a I don't really, motherfucker. I'm this the I, I wear nothing but gold chains, and sunglasses. What are you doing? Brag about freaking stumping spot every week going on. Yeah. Well, that's on the show. Right. I don't talk about it outside of the Mike's show. a high profile star in single squad. Yeah, squad. yeah. I'm stump the squad. I am the what's in Mike's cup. Come on, man. What's in Hold Mike's Mike. cup? Everybody wants Mike. to know what's in <laughs> Mike's call to the bullpen. Like yeah, my on. call to the bullpen. Man. Exactly. Um, no, but like just being true to being true and real to myself as a person. Like I think I'd be, I think I would fit best into being a low profile star in the sense of, yeah, like I, you get the endorsements and you and you speak when when necessary, but I'm just the type of person that's like, like and and maybe also it would be that I if I envision myself as a star, if I were to be a star player anywhere, it would be as a baseball player. Like I'd want it to be as a baseball player, and so I would be very much the guy that just like, you know, walks out onto the field for BP. Gives a little wave to the fans, a little smile, take some pictures, maybe sign some autographs, but very much keep my head down, take care of my business, got my headphones in, just, you know, jamming or whatever. I think I would, so being real to me, like I said, I think it would be low profile just because that's just the type of person I am. But I also wanted to point out that there are certain guys that you can't help but be high profile stars, whether they want to be or not. You know, your LeBrons, your Connor McDavid's. Hmm? Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal, right, right, like that's Shaq. Like everybody knows Shaq. Right. In, in baseball, Shohei Otani, honestly, because there's just so much buzz around him. No matter where he goes, he can't help but and he's he's actually not an outspoken dude. Like he's quiet. Now it could be because like language barrier stuff like that still, but there's just media follows him wherever, so he you can't. Know, you know not the shitty part is he is he speaks perfect English. They, yeah, a lot of a lot of the Japanese players do, but why not? No, like he like he knows the lang- English language yeah. oh, perfect, yeah. and he still has a translator. Good for him. Why not? He got he got his friend hired at the Angel right. organization. I think, I think that's his, also said, for the fans in Japan as well. So if they're watching the games as well, like they whether or not a lot of people can speak English, like they get 
they hear him. They still hear him speak Japanese and representing the, like that still, right. I think, ties him to Japan by doing that and his roots. All right, Jamie, what about you? My, I grew up a big Penny fan. So like seeing <laughs> Little Penny and like having your own puppet and Chris Rock is the voice. And I, that would, y'all, it's all good, y'all. Like that was the greatest shit in the world to me. Like I loved that. I was like, God damn, if I could be a pro athlete and have a puppet and, and Tyra Banks comes and chills with my puppet, not even me, and my puppet has more notoriety than me. I've made it. Like, if my personality could create a puppet personality that has more game than me, that I mean, come on, I must be one of the highest profile athletes on the earth. But I, I love the idea of what you said, John, is that it has to match the personality. So Penny was kind of humble, so they had to create an alter ego to, to kind of bring out that high profile side to him because they wouldn't get that out of him. At the same time, you have a Charles Barkley in the league who's more outspoken and a Dennis Rodman who's more flamboyant than anybody else. And the cameras follow them because they're always news. They're always flash. They always have the next best take. They're these high profile stars that either by image or by voice really give you what you want, especially as a media mogul where you're looking for that next sound bite that's going to really capture the the, the attention of everybody who's reading your article in the day who was more reading at the time than posting. So I love, you know, I love the idea of as a kid when I want to be a pro athlete, I'm like, I'd love to be a high profile athlete. More because for me, being more humble as an individual is how much of an impact I could have made because of that. Like how many people I could have influenced in the right way or companies to sway things by making deals with me to make sure, you know, money and different things are going in different areas in said community I live in or stuff like that. But, you know, one of the greatest high profile athletes of all time um, that I feel that all of us really forget about. and, and, And this is kind of going a little bit back early on was. Um, Magic Johnson. I mean, if you look at the comparison of Magic Johnson compared to Larry Bird, like you said, mm-hmm. John, Larry Bird's a farmer boy from Indiana. His early cons commercials were like, bro, you, like this is not for you. You know what I mean? Right. And you have Magic on the other side, big smile, teeth glowing. The camera loved him, you know, and like they kind of, I think that's when we really saw things turning around. Like I said, they really saved the NBA in a sense because their image and likeness, but they, they turned things around, I think, and, and seeing how bright Magic looked on the camera, I think other people got enamored by that because it was never really like that. Commercials weren't really about the player, right? It was about the product, and it became yeah, about. He was like the, the only. Player. He was yeah. the only player that could say, always talk about himself in the third person. So, yep. <laughs> everyone, everyone loves magic. Come on now. Yep. <laughs> now, Jamie, I have a question for you. So, out of the three of us, you know, you play. You went to the highest stage uh, of sports, which was the Olympics. You know, so answer me this, like. You were pretty much, I wouldn't, high profile star, but like your, your, the way your personality is very outgoing, very, you know, boom, boom, which got you a lot of like opportunities everywhere else. Do you think you could have done more with that? Like in, in, in that sense, with, with swimming or in, in, in the Olympics and stuff like that? Don't take that wrong. I'm just asking. No, no, 100%. Yeah, I think I think I could have used it for more positive, at least in my country, for sure, because I was probably considered more high profile in my country because people knew me as an Olympic athlete. You know, they knew me as an Olympic swimmer. So that definitely gave me a lot of opportunities to do a lot of media stuff because I was a trusted source. You know, I did Olympic coverage uh, for two Olympics and that was out of from different islands that, that own the media rights to broadcast a Caribbean broadcast of the Olympics. And, and, and because of my success as a, as a swimmer, that really came about because of that. I definitely think I could have used it in a more positive way to probably, I mean, I, I, being a coach, I fought for, you know, the right things when it came to swimming, which was, I was trying to get as many kids in it to help save lives, but I probably could have used it in more ways to be a more confident individual when I came here 
because hey i kind of just felt like a small fish and i didn't feel like that big fish anymore as opposed to bringing that big personality over here it took me a while to kind of come out of my shell i think if i had done that a little bit faster I probably would have been able to have more opportunity to use that for positive as well here. So yeah, great gotcha. question. Yeah, I just I just I know that for a fact. And um, you know, Trey played in the NFL. If everyone else, <laughs> <laughs> he had a third, he had a thirteen year career. No, I'll show yeah. Um, <laughs> Tim and Ted Ginn. Trey, yeah. Trey was Trey was a top athlete in in Cleveland in uh, Cleveland in Ohio, right? Yeah, I, I did a little bit of ball in my day. Hello. Come on, show that flash. Come on now. You got to show that flash. High, high profile. <laughs> Come on, high profile. I'm, I'm like current day Magic Johnson. I'm, I'm low profile, just behind the screen. But if we're going to choose one player of all time to be the flashiest, the most high profile, the most vocal, is it Dion over everybody? I don't know. He, Are I mean, we saying the most flashy or just like the most flashy, most vocal, most high profile? Where like you know, like right off the bat, no matter if you don't know the sport, you know the personality, you know the face. Yeah, it's got to be Dion. I mean, Dion. he played two sports, but like everyone knew him around everywhere. Like right, him or him or him or Tio, but I would say him because he came for like it was him then Tio. So what about Randy I would say Moss? Dion. Randy Moss. Nah. No. What about John McEnroe? Yeah, I mean, yeah, if we're expanding I, outside I of no the major idea. four. Uh, no, nah, he was pretty. You don't know um, who John I, wasn't gonna say that, I know who he is. I just uh, never seen him play. I no, never... my ass actually That's what I mean. You don't need to see them play. Like, you know, you don't oh. even need to know how good they were as an athlete. You know them because they're a household name. No, my name Mr. Yeah, Deeds. Mine would have been Ali, actually. Ali? Yeah. Um, yeah actually, yeah. yeah. Ali's the, the mouth. Like, as soon as you see him, he starts talking. The way he walks, he carries himself. He's a big dude. You can see in the stature of him that. If I leave one to play other sports, he could have been good at something. Oh, he's else. the greatest rapper of all time. I swear that's right. a rap game from with rapping. Ali's he's lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's rapping uh, before rap yeah. <laughs> And honestly, I mean, if you're looking at looking at Ali, I agree that it's Ali, but also consideration later on to, to Tyson. I mean, he didn't talk as much as Ali did, which I think is what puts, puts Ali over the top. But as far as notoriety, like... Yeah. In the 90s, I think he was more known. I think it was more known for biting the guy's ear off. Yeah, animal. Yeah, for the wrong reason. Well, but, <laughs> Being well, an animal. Wrong reason. but you know what? Not every high, not every high profile star's profile is because of a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's a good point. I mean, yeah. I mean, I just say Dion because anytime I think about Flash and you know Pizzazz and everything like that, that was Dion all day. Uh, and like then the guy after every guy after that was even in baseball too, right? Like baseball hated it. But he was that guy in baseball. He would do dances and stuff like that. But it was yeah, it was, girls it was and gold chains. Baseball loved <laughs> baseball loved Bo Jackson more around yeah. that time because he was the quiet, humble guy yeah. that doesn't like sports. He just is really good at them. Yeah. <laughs> well, he loved baseball, so and, and but that's the thing. he doesn't he doesn't like he doesn't like sports. Yeah, he no, doesn't like he sports. Doesn't. They also love those Canseco's 74-inch biceps until they realize, oh, this isn't very natural, is it? <laughs> no, it's not. Neither is Mark McGuire's 65-inch bicep or Sammy Sosa's 50-inch bicep. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what is natural? I think it's time, boys. I think it's time for Stump the Squad. Ding, 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 ding. We don't have a bell yet. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Ladies and gentle people of the world. This is our favorite time of the show. This is where we get to try and stump each other. 
because we play the best game on the planet that is stump the squad we know everything but some weeks we pretend like we don't just so you feel good about yourself answer the question right you get two points answer the question wrong you get negative two points person with the most points at the end gets the rant of the week john's been on a streak so we're gonna be hating on john this week so he'll start off so he starts off with zero Yay. points really done anyway, i got you all righty so i'm not the villain you're always the villain i understand you guys might this might be an easy one i was, it was, I was having t- trouble getting a getting a question this week but which former aba team by name was the first to win an nba championship wizards rockets spurs or pistons hmm let's see because spurs i feel like that's that's a that's a tricky one because you would think it's the bad boy pistons but were they the pistons wizards jamie says wizards mike spurs mike says spurs Mike says Spurs. I have successfully stumped Jamie. It is the San Antonio Spurs. The Wizards were the Bullets when they won. I don't know that answer. If they, <laughs> they were the Bullets, <laughs> but the but so what? What were the Pistons? Because they had won early. The Pistons weren't the ABA. Neither and neither were the Rockets. Let's see. Because Trey, Trey asked last week about last week, um, the Rockets question. Last yeah. Week. And stated during the question that the Houston Rockets were already in the NBA. The Houston Rockets were in the NBA. The Nuggets were the yeah. Denver Rockets. So by process of thank you for that Trey, because by process yeah. of elimination. <laughs> All right, Mike, you're next. Wow. Oh, game over, boys. Seventy-eight, sixty-two, Denver. Spoiler. Okay, speaking of the NBA. Since we, we were talking earlier, guys, about uh, one-two punches. And so now I have a question about one-two punches. Since the 2000-2001 season, <clears throat> what combo had the most assists to scores in a single season? Just one season? In one season. Okay. And this is hey. from 2000 on. 2001, okay. So has the most combo what? Most combo assists to scores. So I will name during the answers. I will first name the assister, and then the scorer. Since the year two thousand. Since the two thousand oh, you're right. Since the year two thousand, the oh the two thousand oh one season. Okay. Okay. Go for it. A, Chris Paul to Blake Griffin in twenty fifteen. B, Steve Nash to Amari Stoudemire in two thousand eight. C, Russell Westbrook to Kevin Durant in 2011. Or D, Sam Cassell to Kevin Garnett in 2004. I can repeat if necessary. Mm -hmm. I don't have to repeat. That's a great question. Thank you. Chris Paul is the bait. I'm going to go Steve Nash, Amari. Yeah, I was going to ask Mark. It was the most high-octane offense. The reason why I'm not going to go there is because there were other scorers on the team. 
So I think that Garnett was kind of on Lonely Island and Cassell had a career year that year, so I'm going Cassell Garnett. Okay, so we have two Nash to Amari and one Cassell to Garnett, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This week I have successfully stumped Jamie. Damn. Steve Nash to Amari Stoudemire in it's 2008, yeah. 282 assists. Second, yeah. actually, was Russell Westbrook to Kevin Garnett in 2011, who had 279. I mean, Kevin Gar- Kevin Durant. Kevin, uh, uh, did I say Garnett? Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I got two Kevins. I was, yes, I was like, I was like, when did they play? <laughs> I'm yeah. sitting there I mean, going through my head. It's obvious because of the way Don Antonio ran the offense. That ball was out of his yeah. hand in yeah. four seconds of the shot clock. So that was yeah. definitely that was- Oddly enough, Jamie, because yeah. I I thought that was a great option too, but yeah. I, in it's it, they're in the top ten. Cassell the Garnett no four is in the top ten, but it's ten. Okay, it was weird. I thought they'd be higher. Yeah. You got to remember, Spreewell handled the ball some for that team too, so it wasn't always That's true. It wasn't always Cassell, so Spreewell took yeah. some of it. You just yeah, think of Cassell on that team not. as like the guy that's yeah. yeah. It was always that. Well, to right. give him. Garnett averaged like 30 a game that year, I think. Yeah. Another breakout year. To give him a reprieve, I will name Jamie next. I'm out of this right this week, but I'm going to stump the shit out of y'all right now. All right. So I'm going with the golf question. Thanks to my Rory pick this week. And here's my question for you guys How many players in the history of the PGA have won the same tournament four consecutive times? How many players in the history of the PGA have won the same tournament for four consecutive years? Is it two, three, five, or six? Three. How many? Two. How many players? Five. Two, three, five, or six. So, John, you're, John, you're two. Mm-hmm. Trey, you're five. Yep. Mike, you're? Three. Three. Survey says six. I've stumped. John and Trey this week. It is three players. Walter Hagen, he won the PGA Championship four times in a row, 24, 25, 26, 27. Tiger Woods, who won the Bay Hill and Buick Invitational. And Gene Sarazen, who's actually an asterisk because he won 26, 28, 29, 30, but they didn't play in 27. So that's still considered the same tournament four times in a row. Right, as far as when it was played. Correct. I figured Tiger was in there. Yeah. Well, I'm surprised you didn't. I, I would have said Jack, Walter, Ben, right. and Tiger. So I would have gone with four or five. That's if you if you would have said how many players have won the same tournament, you know, how many times they won it, then they would have been up there. It would have been yeah. higher than six. But um, consecutively, consecutively. Yeah. yeah, Tiger was on a tear in, in early 2000s. Yeah. So he was yeah. winning tournament after tournament. I thought it was only two. I thought it was only Gene Saracen and Tiger. Tiger, But I I didn't didn't put the other two. All right, Trey, you're up. And we got a score of Jamie at minus four, me at zero, Trey at two, Mike at four. Okay. So we're all all squared away. We got to stump Mike. Stump Mike, Trey. No hockey question. (laughs) Okay, so this week's hockey question. I'm just kidding. (laughs) This week's hockey question. (laughs) Okay, so. Since we've been talking a little bit about the NBA, we're getting a little bit close to the draft time. So, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Shit. in the NBA, just like any other sport, they have expansion drafts. When a new team comes in, we've heard a lot of expansion talk about potential expansion teams. With that being said, 
there was a gentleman by the name of Arvid Kramer. Arvid Kramer was the only player to be drafted in two expansion drafts and never played for either of the two teams. Which two teams drafted him in an expansion draft in the NBA? We have the Miami Heat and Dallas Mavericks, the Miami Heat and Denver Nuggets, the Denver Nuggets and the New Orleans Jazz, the Cleveland Cavaliers, and the San Antonio Spurs. You need me to repeat it? Nope. I'm going to take the Jazz. Give me the Jazz. Yeah, I was going to say the one with the Jazz in it. And was it Denver and the Jazz you yeah, said? Nuggets and Jazz. Yeah, yeah I'll go Nuggets and Jazz. You said Heat, Heat, Nuggets? Heat, Nuggets, Heat, Mavericks. Gee, I can't imagine why this question came up. Nuggets, Jazz, and finally yeah, the fourth one. I think was. it's Heat, I think it's heat, uh, heat and Nuggets. Cavs, and who was the fourth option? And Cavs and Spurs. No, I, I don't know, but no trade being such a homer, who knows? Might have a little Cavs. Maybe. I think it's Heat Nuggets. So, this week, I have successfully stumped the squad. Ooh. Oh. Is it Cavs? The answer is actually the Heat and the Mavericks. Oh, damn it. Yeah, it's actually Heat and Mavericks. I knew the Cavs next. I knew everybody was going to probably be talking I, I am on a slump. I knew the Jazz like was like a month in a row. I can't get one, one question right. <laughs> Uh-oh. But actually, we, as a side note, Kramer, he was drafted. He was the Heat's number one pick in expansion draft. So he's technically the first player of the Miami Heat, even though he never played a minute for the Miami Heat. That happened in 1988. In 1980, he was the 14th pick of the Mavericks. Never played there. Did some overseas work, a couple of CBA stints. He only played eight games his entire career, which he actually played for the Denver Nuggets. Oh, wow. All right. Well, we got a tiebreaker here. Between Trey and Mike. I got you got it or I, I, I have one right Wait, wait, wait. Hold, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Thought Trey was at two. He was, he, but, he, but he didn't get it wrong. You got minus two. Oh, right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you got okay. minus two. Okay, my math is off. My math is off. All right. So, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar took the Milwaukee Bucks to their first finals in franchise history in 1970 to 1971. How many points did he average in this in the finals? Shit ain't fair. No, that's not right. I'm not a Bucks fan. <laughs> I'm not current like this. So this is it's gonna be a shot of golf regardless. Closest to the how, number. That's how, how we're many doing point, it. So how many points did he score in that series? Average. In the series? In what series? In the in the NBA finals. In the final. In the NBA finals, in the, correct. In the NBA finals. Oh no, in the playoffs. I'm sorry, in the playoffs. In the playoffs that's his it. average. Yes. 33 was my guess. Damn it, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say (laughs) (laughs) 33.25. Son of a bitch. 3.2 points a game. Uh, 31. 31. You locking that in, both of you? And the winner is... And the winner is... Dun-da-da-da! Mike! Yes! Was it 28? I got a basketball question. <laughs> he averaged 26.6 points oh. per game, had 17 rebounds per game. Jesus. Cheat <laughs> And then Julius Irvin was drafted that next year in the, for the 72 bucks, but ended up in the ABA. Yep. The, what a dynasty what a, that might have been. Was he with the Nets or the Sixers? Sixers. Sixers. Huh? 
Sixers. Okay, cool. All right, Mike, your rant of the week. My rant of the week. I'm actually going to take it a little bit away from sports in general and, and take it to um, the land of hockey, but something that's unfortunately been going on there. I wanted to take the rant of the week to um, send out, you know, my, my support and thoughts and prayers and everything to those affected uh, by the Canadian wildfires that are raging on in Eastern Canada right now. Um, we've seen the effects of just the smoke alone up here in the Northeast. It's been hazy and smoky and smells like a campfire and just orange. And it's been, it's looked like the, the friggin' apocalypse up here. So I can't imagine what they're going through there. So I just wanted to, um, you know, shed some light on that and tell everybody we're thinking of you, support you. Hopefully, you know, they'll end the, they'll be able to stop it and put them out soon and, and everybody can get back to, you know, a little a sense of normalcy but um just kind of wanted to put that out there because it's it's not looking very good up there right now for them so hopefully that'll come to an end soon fires are scary man we got stuck in one when i was living on the west coast and we had to evacuate because there was a very likely chance it was going to just come up the valley and that's it once it starts moving right. in a direction you ain't putting it out and then we're kind of in the middle of nowhere too so I don't, I don't know if you've seen it pictures yeah. of it but it looks it looks really creepy my mom's in Syracuse in uh, this week, and she said it's you can't because they, they're staying on the on the lake with Larry Maria, and they oh, can't geez. even see they can't even see across the lake. No, we just, we used to wear masks when we had to go in and do certain work, and we used to put we, when we went outside to do stuff. We I, I definitely wore like because we had like you know clear goggles as well. I covered up my my face with everything when he went out. Like you couldn't go outside yeah. for long in a minute and and not cough. It was horrible. So, yeah, our our air quality broke yeah. 300 today. Yeah. The highest you can get is 500. And so right now we're in, even here, let alone up in Canada, mm-hmm. here in the Northeast, we're in a state of like, if you're asthmatic or have like heart issues or respiratory issues, just don't go outside mm-hmm. because your lungs will and nose and mouth and everything will just immediately start to burn, I guess. Luckily, I'm very thankful that I'm not in that situation, but you know. Anybody that is, please, please be careful. Yeah, be careful and you know stay inside and stay safe and watch please. watch some sports. <laughs> exactly, watch so. you got some good sports on, so watch those. Right. Well, fellas, any final thoughts on the week before we head into our weekend? Yes, in Sweden they have officially announced that sex is now a sport, and they'll yep. be having, and they will be having <laughs> sex competitions. <laughs> Where audiences will be allowed to come view it, and they'll be judging it on numerous things. And Mikey's already warming up and buying his plane ticket. Let's go, Mike. <laughs> well, I guess we can forget the new apartment. Live from Sweden, Sweden is Mike DeSanto. <laughs> he goes, Mike, first, I Mike, my Mike, duty. Mike, are you going to apply for media credentials? <laughs> Goddamn right I am. <laughs> what sport? Do, want, what's, what team you don't do want you to cover? Go what teams are there? <laughs> you don't you don't want to go in the post game locker room with that. <laughs> Could be rough. So tell me. <laughs> can you at least put on a towel? <laughs> Shout out to Jamie for always bringing us the uh, yep. across the yep. pond. Jamie across the pond. That's what we're going to call that. That's that's, <laughs> that's the next segment. Jamie across the pond. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, we got a lot of good sports. We got the finals, Stanley Cup finals, um, RBC Heritage Open, uh, RBC Canadian Open. 
Um, baseball still continuing. Make sure you guys tune in. We got all our socials. We'll put it here at the bottom. Make sure you go like and subscribe everywhere. And uh, we appreciate everybody tuning in. We'll see you here next week for episode 63 of Cinco Squad. See you next week, guys.